He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is John Katsimatidis, Cats at Night, the number one show at 5 o'clock. You tune into this station, 77 WABC, to find out... What the heck is going on in the world? And we're also broadcasting on AM 970, The Answer, and on WLIR. In the studio with us, we have a common-sense uh, Democrat. We have Judge Richard Weinberg and a common-sense, two common-sense Republicans. One is President Nixon's son-in-law, Ed Cox. Yep. And I understand today is a uh, special day. You bet. And you'll tell us about it. And uh, we have Craig Eaton, 10 years, the GOP chairman of uh, Brooklyn. On my on my right-hand side, we have Lydia Serrani. And uh, Lydia, it's interesting days. We have an amazing show for everyone to stay tuned tonight. So listen throughout the entire hour. We'll be speaking with uh, Senator Lindsey Graham, former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich. We'll also be speaking with the former head of the FBI office here in New York. But first on the line, we have uh, Professor Alan Dershowitz, several decades at Harvard Law, Brooklyn boy at heart. And Professor Dershowitz, you, I, I can I bet your reaction to the raid at uh, Trump's Mar-a-Lago office shocked you probably to your core as much as it did the rest of America. It did, but I thought a lot about it. And I brought my 60 years of experience to bear. And this is breaking news. I've solved the mystery. I know why they did not issue a subpoena and why they conducted a search. You have to pay attention because it's a little technical, but this is breaking news. Wait, wait, wait. Let's hit the button. Breaking news, WABC. Okay. Okay. Had they issued a subpoena, President Trump's lawyers would have said, we have a self-incrimination right not to produce anything that the very production would show that we're guilty. That is, if they say you have classified material and he produces something that turns out to be classified, the very act of production is self-incriminating. And in order for the government to get that, they would have to give him something called production immunity. That is, they couldn't use in court the fact that he produced it, the fact that it was found in his house. But if they search for it and he's not involved in the production, then they can tell the jury we found it in his house. This was an effort to circumvent the Fifth Amendment, and only an experienced lawyer would understand it. It's, it's how many angels can dance on the head of a pin, but it really matters because under the law, the document itself, the content of the document, let's assume there's a document that says, I murdered Mr. X. That document, it's already been written. Searching for that document and getting it and introducing it in court doesn't violate any First Amendment, any Fifth Amendment rights. But if you ask the person who wrote it to produce it, the very fact that he's producing it would mean that he was the one who wrote it. He was the one who possessed it. And that's what was at stake here. I finally figured it out after thinking about it all day. It was a very sleazy attempt to circumvent the Fifth Amendment and to deny former President Trump 
the right that every American has not to engage in self-incrimination by turning over a document, the very production of which would admit that he owned and possessed classified material. So, uh, Professor, who pushed that button? Was it uh, was attorney, it the attorney well, general? Was it uh, the FBI? Yeah. Was it the president no, himself? The, look, the, no, not the president. The attorney general is very smart. Went to Harvard Law School, was a judge for many years, highly, highly respected, almost became a Supreme Court justice, was nominated. He would understand this issue of production immunity, which very few people understand. I taught it for years, and students would get very confused about it. How can you say that the document itself is not privileged under the Fifth Amendment, but producing the document, the act of production, is an act of self-incrimination. Very few people really understand that, but an attorney general, an experienced prosecutor, would understand that and wouldn't want to give Trump what's called production immunity. So instead, they circumvented the Fifth Amendment, went to his house, grabbed the stuff. Now they can introduce it against him. And Ed Cox... You have a you made a very uh, salient point about the anniversary of what oh, sure, was yesterday. Sure. I mean, they leaked the story to the New York Times yesterday, so it'd be printed today. Not that everything's printed these days, but it's printed today, August nine, the forty ninth anniversary of the resignation of President Nixon. They wanted right, to collide the two stories. I remember when that happened. I just remember I was all alone watching the television, rooting for him to. Resign, and he resigned, and I didn't have anybody. To and stop. when you when you pack up very quickly, it was done then, and as Trump did too, because he believed he had won. Your staff puts a lot of stuff in the boxes. Some's classified, oh, some's not. But it doesn't matter because the president's got more. A former president has more in his head that's classified than could ever be on paper. That's why one of the reasons why he has Secret Service. And, and presidents take everybody takes with them some classified material for their memoirs. They sure. want to write their memoirs. And so that's very common. And the result usually is a small fine. Um, Sandy Berger got fined. Uh, Hillary Clinton got nothing. Uh, others have gotten fined. But I know of no case in my 60 years of experience where anybody has been actually criminally prosecuted. Well, so there was another purpose here. There was another purpose. I think it was one big dragnet. They scarf up anything they could, whether related to oh, classified or to uh, or to the the January sixth hearing. No, Alan. I agree with you. Remember, a subpoena you have to ask for specific documents, but a search you can seize anything that's in plain view. And if they see something that looks incriminating, they're going to seize that, even though it's not part of the. Yeah. And they're allowed to break into a personal safe and and and, and see if, in search of what. Well, it reminded me of Geraldo Rivera. In search Rivera, of a crime. A whole, a whole program, Geraldo Rivera looking for the safe of, uh, of uh, you know, that uh, mafia guy, and nothing was in it. That was happening here, too. Capone. Nothing was in it. Capone. Al Capone. But uh, he, they probably had a warrant to search the safe. Sure, sure um, they did. What basis they had for the warrant to search the safe, I don't know. But they went into it. But what they should have done, subpoenaed the safe, subpoenaed the 15 or 12, boxes let the judges go through every single document decide whether it was ever classified whether it was declassified whether it was privileged under executive privilege or privileged under um lawyer client privilege but instead they just swept everything up alan it's 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 richard weinberg it seemed to me that this was less a legal process than political theater 
And it was very troubling, given the history of the FBI and the Justice Department in recent years, how they've conducted themselves. What do you think? Rich, it's even worse. It's, no, it's I, weaponizing. I, it's I weaponizing. agree with you, but I'm trying to provide a rationale. Look, these are decent people in the Justice Department. They're graduates of great law schools. They want to go on to terrific careers. They don't want to do anything that they can't justify to themselves. So I think they justify this by the technique that I've just laid out. They don't want to give them immunity, and so they'll seize it instead of subpoenaing it. They need to have a justification for themselves, and I suspect that's the justification. Professor, this is Craig Eaton. So, so if what you said is true, then they're really weaponizing the attorney general and the FBI to go after um, Republican opponents, the president's right. opponents. That's right. And the Republicans would have done the same thing and will do the same thing. I was audited four times during the Nixon administration because I was one of his enemies, and four times the government had to pay me money. I didn't have to pay them any money. But I was clearly targeted, and during the McCarthy period, people were targeted by the Republicans. Today, the only thing that's new is it's Democrats and the hard left. People like Professor Lawrence Tribe, who's trying now to persuade Merrick Garland to indict President Trump for attempting to murder Pence. Can you imagine that? Oh, my God. Professor saying that he wants the president, the former this president, is indicted for attempted murder. If a student wrote that in an exam, you fail him. A C minus, C minus with great inflation. Thank Alan Dershowitz, thank you, thank you for for uh, breaking news, and thank you for always thinking of uh, of what the truth is. And uh, God bless. I mean, it's hard to believe these things are happening to in the United States of America. And uh, Alan Dershowitz will catch up again real soon. Sure, thank you, thank you.